So I'm on the line to, to Uli John Roth and uh, you're celebrating your 50th year in, in the business, basically, aren't you? The 50th anniversary on, tour. On stage, not really in the business because, right. uh, I mean, I was just a, a schoolboy when I first um, started, right. you know. Uh, and the 50th uh, anniversary is really uh, the, the day that I had my first uh, concert or show or whatever you call mm -hmm. it. You know, yeah. that was in 1968 in December, to be precise. Mm -hmm. And that's why that is, you know, I mean, I've, I did become a professional musician relatively soon afterwards um, because uh, I was 17 when that started, you know, right. so. Um, but I wasn't yet in the business as such. Okay. <laughs> but so at, at the age of 13, I mean, can you remember? what your your hopes and ambitions were for yourself at 13 um, basically i didn't think in in terms of um ever getting a career uh you know i i basically was just in it for the music and um i little did i know that this would become a career or a profession or certainly the last thing on my mind i just wanted to play and uh, and I enjoyed doing so. And it was only um, when uh, the thing with the Scorpion started, like a few years later, when I was uh, 17 or 18, uh, that I started to think in terms of, yes, this is my, you know, this is my profession or my vocation or whatever. Mm -hmm. and, and at that point then, when, when the Scorpions was starting to hit big did you foresee the length of career that you've now had sort of thing or I, you... I never thought in in terms like that you know uh, right <laughs> I, just... I i had a feeling at the back of my mind that that i would have um pretty long life mm -hmm. uh for some reason you know uh, knock on wood i don't know <laughs> uh, and i intend on uh, keeping going until I uh, can't play anymore. But no, I, I didn't think of, of any of that, really. I just got on with it. I, I, was, I was in love with music, and uh, that's, that was my driving force. Okay. I didn't really, really look into the future a lot. Just, um, just enjoyed the moment. Maybe a little bit later that, that happened when I started to think in terms of what I really wanted to accomplish music mm. you know but but in the beginning it was just playing and um following some kind of star in the distance mm -hmm. but that star was just the music really okay and and is it something that you've had to i mean you know guitar players practice relentlessly or some do practice relentlessly all day every day sort of thing is that something that you still do is that something that you ever did i mean I, i'm guessing you did because you're such a virtuoso player you, you you've got to keep your standards up sort of thing or well um there are two sides to this coin uh in the beginning i practiced a lot mm -hmm. and uh, it came to me like very naturally and it was very very easy you know so i made a lot of progress right away so i basically 1968 was the year i started and it was also i was kind of quote unquote ready for stage you know mm -hmm. yeah on whatever level but we we did play 
um, you know, already uh, songs by Cream, Sunshine of Your Love, and um, and Blues Breakers. Mm-hmm. Um, for some reason, it was like uh, it felt like the guitar was made for me, or I was made for the guitar. It was just so easy, but uh, I was so in love with it uh, i couldn't stop playing i think when i got home from school you know i would play for two hours every day and later um before the scorpions when i started learning the uh, classical guitar i i practiced four hours a day or something like that you know Mm -hmm. but that was really the learning stages later on i started to play less um and because i didn't need to anymore i uh once you once you know how it's done, um, you know, it, it becomes easier. At least I, I found that to be the okay. case, you know. So nowadays, if I have to learn something, I can learn it much faster than I did when I first started, when I was still learning the ropes, um, because I've, I've learned how to learn, mm-hmm. so to yeah. speak, okay. and, to, and to get the utmost effect from from uh, my approach. And so nowadays, uh, the truth is that I virtually almost never play unless when I'm on stage. Right. And um, I I don't really have to because I'm... uh, You're you're a well-practiced... Yeah, my senses are sharp and I can play as well as I I always could. In fact, I think I play better. Mm -hmm. And, and, And the reason is that um, I don't feel any barriers in between me and the and the music and the guitar. It's like right. one. Right. It's just like walking or talking or swimming. It, you know, it it never leaves you. Okay. And um, and also the advantage of not playing a lot is that each time when I touch the guitar, it feels very very fresh, and um, I'm always coming up able to come up with new ideas and get new angles on guitar playing because of that reason, I think, because I, uh, you know, because I'm not overdoing it. Okay. I'm quite surprised by that, to be honest, because, you know, some of the pieces that you're now playing, technically, I mean, they weren't even written for the guitar, were they? And it's sort of like, (laughs) wow, that's, you know, that's, that's something. Now, of course, talking about the guitars, you do have your own guitar company now, UJR Sky Guitars. Um, and you've always been associated either with your white strat or the the sky guitar, but now you you've decided to to start your own company uh, to to take on the the building of these instruments, and they're they're pretty fine instruments and and unique instruments too. Would you tell us a little bit about them? You. The first sky guitar came about in 1983, and originally the the idea behind it was to. Um, enable me to play um, higher on the guitar, to, to, to go to a higher register, mm-hmm. musically speaking, mm-hmm. than, was able, than what was possible on traditional electric guitars, mm. you know, such as the Strat. Um, so that was the, the starting point. Uh, so I developed a guitar that had a lot of extra frets, and it was the first ever guitar with 38 frets, um, whereas the, the standard electric guitar has 21 or 22 frets. So that enabled me to uh, really structure my, my 
lead playing in a different way and to play uh, right into the register of the violin, mm. you know, which is what I always wanted. And then later on, um, we so I came up with uh, various prototypes, each one pushing the envelope a little bit further, such as um, adding a seventh string uh, to also uh, give me uh, further um, access in the, in the bass register. Mm -hmm. And then later on, um, in recent years, all sorts of other prototypes, including um, a double neck sky guitar, and um, a flamenco um, sky guitar with nylon strings, mm -hmm. which is eight strings. And that one I'm also playing in the upcoming concerts. I'm doing a little section uh, just solo with solo pieces that I've written for this guitar especially. Right. And, um, yeah, so I'm showcasing uh, probably seven, seven different sky guitars on, on this upcoming tour. Wow. Okay, and and they are available to buy, aren't they? People can. They you know, are, you know, yeah. but uh, there there is a little snag. They, they cost an arm and a leg. Yes, they are. They're quite expensive. <laughs> they're not an everyday guitar, but they I mean, are. No, they are. For some people, they're they're more like a collector's item. Yes. They are expensive because they're all totally hand-built as opposed to uh, standard guitars sure. nowadays, which yeah. are mainly machine-built. Yeah. Uh, not only are they totally hand-built, they're also, um, we're not cutting any corners and, and using only the, the very best. And um, they are very cutting-edge, you know, yeah. and very rare. So yeah. there is a, a waiting list because uh, they're all built by one builder, right. one master builder. Right. Uh, we can only do so many in a year. Right. And we have got a one-year waiting list already. You know. Right. Wow. And I, I was um, intrigued. I, I watched your uh, rig rundown thing the other day, and <laughs> uh, I was intrigued by the the fact that as the frets get higher, obviously, because I thought, how on earth do you play those frets right up the top? But they're actually whole tone. Non musicians yeah. going what? But they're, they're whole tone. So it's like playing two notes on a piano or something like that, isn't it? Rather than exactly semitones. Yeah. They, well, that that was an idea I had. Um, a long time ago because the first Sky Guitars didn't have that. The first right. Sky Guitars, the frets got smaller and smaller and smaller and with a man's fingers, you know, there's yeah. only uh, yeah. so s small a space that you can get your finger sure. into. Um, it was just about playable, but the highest notes, uh, it was uh, very difficult to make them really sing and shine. Mm -hmm. So I came up with a compromise for just the very highest register because I wanted these notes to sing um, uh, that um, the space for the frets was uh, basically doubled for each of those. Right. And it's a compromise because in the highest register, I don't have the semitones as readily available. Mm -hmm. I can still get them, but I have to get them in a slightly roundabout way. Right. You know, um, I, I guess that's, that's just physics. You know, sometimes you have to, <laughs> sure. um, you know, come up with, with certain Ways, ideas, rounds, things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and as you say, you're going to do this flamenco, uh, section in in the tour the the tour starts in sheffield uh this month actually at the end of this month in Sh uh, the november the 29th can you tell us a little bit about what people can expect from you yeah, and also who's doing, in the band we're doing, and stuff we're doing six shows here yeah 
Um, and then we go on to Germany, uh, then um, France, Belgium, and uh, Japan in uh, January. And then from there we go to America. But uh, for the UK shows, because it is the 50th anniversary, I really um, spent quite some time thinking about what to play and, mm -hmm. and what not to play, which mm -hmm. wasn't uh, such an easy thing to do because I've got a, a huge repertoire, sure. um, you know, to, to choose from. Yeah. And uh, certain songs were easy because they simply had to be there, like uh, certain scorpions ones that i wrote in the in the early days mm -hmm. but then um other ones i really you know i have to uh, think and, and juggle because there's only so many songs you can play in the course of an evening and uh, i don't want to overdo it it is going to be a pretty long show with an intermission so we are playing a um, quite a fair cross-section of of my best um stage music i would say mm -hmm. uh definitely there will be uh highlights from the uh from from my scorpions period which which was in the 70s mm -hmm. um then we're also uh for the first time in a long time playing electric sun again and we're playing uh quite a few of of my best ones from that period right um i've reworked them brought them up to my standard now um just tweaking it here and there a little bit you know um taking things out and uh, or adding things rewriting it a little uh -huh. um and i'm looking forward to these because they're they're challenging pieces to play um and um what else well we're also playing a little bit from my Metamorphosis. That's a, a, a guitar concerto um, for Sky Guitar and Orchestra. Right. Um, we're playing uh, Vivaldi's The Winter in in that okay. uh, on those gigs, but uh, we're not. We're going to play it with the band and not with an orchestra because right, right, yeah, fair <laughs> that would be overkill in the clubs <laughs> and a little costly. <laughs> yeah, just a little costly, exactly. And, and tell us um, hang about on. if every if every um, visitor would subsidize it with maybe uh, fifty quid, sixty, seventy quid tickets, <laughs> just about pull it off. Well, and I don't think people would be too happy. You know, about I don't that. know. I think I think that might be an idea for the future, though, to do it with the full orchestra. It and, is. You know, it is. I've done it in the past, but I haven't not done it for many years, and it's the most thrilling uh, thing to to play with an orchestra for me. I absolutely adore it, right? And um, I'm I'm going to work towards that again, you know, and and I will start to make that happen again. Excellent, but. Uh, but not, but this not this time. <laughs> and tell us about your band because it's quite a young band, isn't it? That you that you're taking out with you, and they are they going to be yeah, playing guitars as well? Young compared to me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I used to always be the young one in the Scorpions, and yeah. so I was always the Benjamin, and <laughs> in, in all my bands. And, uh -huh. and nowadays, I'm I'm basically the the elder statesman. Oh. Uh, the times they are changing. <laughs> So yes, I've got a bunch of young kids who are already in their thirties as well. All right. 
uh, most of them. No, um, they, it's a fabulous band. It's 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 uh, probably the best one I've ever had, um, and and I've worked with a lot of musicians. Uh, most of these guys have been with me for for a long time, um, so they're well trained in the dark arts. We uh, don't need to talk much, you know. We yeah. understand one another. Yeah. Um, vocals is Nicholas Torman. Uh, he also plays a mean guitar, mm -hmm. and uh, he uh, he was also uh, the lead singer on the uh, G3 tour that we did right yes. um, in the beginning of the year. Yeah. Um, we have uh, Simon Foster on bass and also lead vocals. Uh -huh. He's from England. Right. Um, we have uh, David Klusinski on uh, guitar as well, because we, my music is very guitar-based, so we need three guitars to uh, do that justice. And uh, quite a few, there are quite a few harmony and triple harmony passages. Yeah, and rhythm guitars and what have you. Corvin Bond is on uh, keyboards. Um, and on drums, we have Michael Array, um, who is also a member of a band called Gamma Ray. Well, yeah, right. Okay. Of these guys. Yeah. Yeah. So Thanks. we're we're six people on on those stages. <laughs> right. We also have a screen, a backdrop with uh, projections, um, you know, landscapes and 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 things that go with the music, and and I like that. Yeah. So it doesn't become uh, so monotonous sure, to sure. look at. Yeah. <laughs> also, I should mention that we've got a, an interesting uh, support act, yes. Right, yes, That's Caleb. Caleb McCain. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, he uh, he came to this tour through our agent who played uh, the music to me, and uh, I thought that it was, uh, that he was, it was really interesting and mm -hmm. uh, gifted player. Right. Quite unusual. Um, with his songwriting, so I think that should be uh, an interesting addition to Excellent. this tour. And and you mentioned there the G three tour. How did how was that for you? Do, is that something you enjoy doing? Because is that the second time that you've played the G three? It's thing? the second one. Yes, yeah. uh, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, uh, particularly the English shows went very well, mm -hmm. and. Uh, you know, uh, night after night was was different and and the challenge, but it was uh, also easy because we got on so well as as people on the sure. human level. Yeah, Joe Satriani, John Petrucci, and myself. Uh, you know, we were a good team. There was no rivalry, um, and it was more like a friendly competition when we did our uh, guitar. guitar. Guitar sling, yes, gun yes. singing yes. <laughs> scenario at the end of the night, you yeah, know. Yeah, good. So, you, all, you all seem like very amiable people, though. I've got, I've got to say. So thank good, you. You know, and and did you get to play some of your beloved? Because you, you, your passion for Hendrix, of course, from an early age. Did you, did you play Hendrix on that tour? Then, uh, when we we did the jams every night uh, on the G three jam, we're doing our uh, three songs at the end to, uh -huh. together uh -huh. you know, all three guitar players and the second one every night was all along the watchtower right and uh largely the Jimi hendrix version because yeah. it was originally written by bob Dylan. sure 
but uh, it became famous uh, in the Jimi Hendrix ver yeah. version, yeah. and and that's what we played. Okay, excellent. And and, and you... on the floor also, I will play a little bit of Hendrix. I, I usually do that during the encore. Okay. And, uh, uh, I may play that one, but there will also be probably uh, another which I rarely play. Okay, lovely. And just to finish off, then a, a new album in the works? Have you got something coming out next there year? There is one in the works, but it's been in the works for a long time, <laughs> meaning I've written an awful lot of songs. Right. Um, but the actual recording so far has eluded me because I I have so little time. Right. You know, And for me, doing an album is a big thing. Uh, I'm not one of these guys who just waltz into the studio sure and uh, come out with a uh, ready sure, <laughs> made yeah, album. Yeah, yeah. no no yeah, yeah, yeah. you work I'm on kind it kind of like the opposite when it comes to recording and that makes it a little difficult you know okay. so there's an initial barrier but uh, certainly an album is long overdue and I'm very keen to to go for it because I, I'm I'm quite fond of uh, some of the stuff that I've written there, sure. you know, I want, I want it out. <laughs> good, good. Uli, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. I've got so much more to talk to you about, but tour, as I say, starts in Sheffield on November the 29th, finishes up in Milton Keynes on December the 3rd, the 50th anniversary tour. Thank you, Ali. Take care. Hope to speak good again soon. Good luck with your, with your uh, radio show. And good Goodbye. luck with, with the tour. Goodbye now. Bye. <laughs>